What stood out for me in the gospel for today was the woman. She's an incredible character. uh, And she can teach us, I think, a few things about the spiritual life and about healing. Healing not so much of the physical part, yes, but more so of the internal healing that she experienced. And the first thing that we should notice is this disease that she has is chronic. It's 12 years she's been dealing with this. And she has gone to the world to be healed. She's gone to doctors, it tells us, all over. She spent all of her money saying, I just want to be healed. And, and not only does she not get healed, it says that things actually get worse. They get worse in her life. I don't know about you, but we're supposed to identify with this woman. You and I have a chronic disease. It's called sin. Some of us have been dealing with sin, you know, that particular sin, for decades. I have people come to me all the time saying, Father, if I could just be healed of this sin, I'd finally be free. You're in the same position as this woman. And you might even feel as she feels. She is, in the the Jewish realm, the context of Jewish law, she is unclean. To be unclean is the worst thing you could absolutely imagine in the Jewish world. Once you were labeled with that, you were ostracized from your community, you had no family, you had no friends, the only people that you could even come close to were other unclean people. And yet this woman is where we meet her today is in this horrible situation. She has no family, no friends, she has no community. She is completely alone. And in this place, right, this sin that whatever you and I experience, We can feel alone there too. We can feel that as if we're never going to be healed. And that causes us to distance ourselves from God. Think of Adam and Eve. What happened with Adam and Eve? You remember? The first thing that happened after they sinned. You remember what they did? They, no, before they covered themselves. It says there's a little line. What is it? They hid. They ran away. And then when God comes and he says, Adam, why why did you do it? He doesn't say, oh, it was just a terrible choice. He says, uh, Eve told me, the woman, it's her fault. And then God goes to Eve and says, Eve, what the heck? And Eve doesn't say, well, it was a a bad choice. I, I made a mistake. No, she says, the serpent, he's the one that made me. We won't own it. We just keep making excuses for what we've done, what we continue to do. We rationalize it. Or we just say, it's who I am. I remember on a retreat, I might have told you this one time, but I said that to my director. I was like, you know, I I deal with stuff too. And I was like, you know, I've just dealt with this for years and I just think it's part of just kind of who I am as a person. My director's like, oh no, you don't believe in God. And I'm like, I'm a priest. I think I believe in God. She's like, no, you couldn't believe in God or you would never say something like that. Because you don't believe that God can heal you. You've given up. And I think a lot of people do that. This woman is on the verge of giving up. And so what are you and I supposed to do? 
in our situation, our situation, we do the same thing that she does. We must run to Him. Grab onto Him. Hang on to Him. But unfortunately, Jesus is usually the last place we go. This is the last place the woman went. She'd exhausted all of her, everything that she had. And she said, maybe this. When people come to me and they say, you know, like, Father, I don't know how this happened. My, my life's a mess and I got this and that and this and that. It's an easy answer. You chose it. You chose to not do something about it. You chose to not go to Him. You chose it. Don't blame Him. But turn to Him. Now. And I think that if we look at this woman, she does the, the unthinkable, again, in the Jewish world. You guys, do you realize if she touches somebody, she is under pain of death. They can put her to death if she even touches somebody. And this woman not only touches somebody, she runs right into the mix of the crowd. It says there's a crowd all around them. They're just they're swarming Jesus. She goes into the midst of it. She's touching everybody. She had no social distancing. <laughs> Zero. And she wasn't wearing a mask either. She's touching everybody to try to get to Jesus. And then she finally gets to him. And she's healed. This, you guys, shows the depths of this woman's faith. She is at this point where <clears throat> she is like, it would be better to be dead than to live with this any longer. I want to be free of it. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hands or anything, have said that about something in your life? I would wrap this thing. I am so sick of dealing with it. I would rather be dead than commit this sin again. The frustration and the anger. And I think people wonder why God doesn't take away the sin that they deal with for decades. I think a lot of it has to do in some weird way, you guys. We like our sin. I know it's messed up. We hate it, but we hang on to it. Because we're afraid to let it go. We've lived with it so long, we don't know what it would like to be to live without it. I don't know if you guys have ever read the book, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Phenomenal book. It's kind of about <clears throat> purgatory and heaven and hell. And there's this point in the book, and there's this man, he's, he's a ghost, right? Because he hasn't really gone to heaven or hell. And he's walking around this limbo area, and he has this little lizard on his shoulder. And the angel comes up to this man, and this lizard is whispering into the ear of the man. And he's whispering all of this blasphemy and lewd and crude language and lust. And obviously this guy struggles with lust. That's the sin he's dealing with. And the angel comes up and he says to the man, he says, You want me to, you want me to make him go be quiet? And the guy said, Yeah. Yeah, he never shuts up. And he's like, Well, then I'll just kill him. And the man's like, well, kill him? You don't need to kill him, do you? He's not that big of a deal. He's just a little lizard. And then it's for like two pages. They argue about the angels like, I want, just let me kill him. And the guy just can't let him go. And just hangs on and hangs on. And then finally the lizard whispers into his ear and says this. Be careful. 
He can kill me. One fatal word from you and I will be dead. Then you will be without me forever and ever. It's not natural. How could you live without me? And I'll be good, I promise. I admit I've gone too far in the past, but I promise I won't do it again. I'll give you nothing but really nice dreams and sweet and fresh and innocent thoughts. But don't kill me. And the angel looks at him and says, do I have your permission? And the man looks at him and says, would you quit torturing me? Just kill him. Why do you even need to ask me? And the angel says to him, I cannot kill him against your will. It is impossible. You must choose. And then the boy says, but will it kill me? And the angel said, no, it won't kill you. But even if it did. And the man says, you're right. It would be better to be dead than to live with this thing for the rest of my life. And then the angel says, can I do it? And the man says, yes, now, kill him, get it over, do with me what you will. And then it says the man whimpers in a whisper, God help me, God help me. And the angel reaches out with one grab and breaks the lizard's back and throws it to the ground. And as it's writhing on the ground dying, it transforms into this massive horse. And the man, he begins to transform into this huge, giant being. And he jumps onto the horse and rides into heaven. You see, it was what was blocking him is what he couldn't let go of. And you and I, we do the same thing. I had a spiritual director one time. She said, there's this old nun. She said, I have never given anything to Jesus that doesn't have claw marks on it. Do you understand? She's hanging on so hard as Jesus is ripping it away. And you and I do the same thing. And I think that we think that that's the end of the story. That the woman overcomes all this, and then she's healed. Jesus goes on to Jairus' daughter. But it's not the end of the story. After the healing, it says that the woman came up to Jesus in fear and trembling and knelt down before him and confessed everything. My friends, if you want healing in your life and you want it to last, you need the sacrament of confession. Without the confession, the healing would not have remained. Jesus himself said it. Your faith is saved. You go in peace and now be cured of your affliction for good. The final piece to the healing of that woman is confession. We need it. Don't be afraid of it. We all want to be close to him. But how many of us will fall down on our knees and confess what we have done so that we can receive true healing? I ask you as your pastor to frequent the sacrament of confession more often. And if you haven't gone in a long time, then go. And don't kneel down and say, bless me, Father, I've said it's been 15 years since my last confession. I swore a few times. Come on. You're not that good. Neither am I. I remember there was a video, I don't know if you saw, it was a long time ago, but this guy, he was Catholic, and he ran around and he interviewed people. And he said, he said, you know, are you Catholic? Yeah, I'm Catholic. Do you go to confession? Well, you know, not very often. Why not? Well, I'm not that bad of a guy. You're not that bad of a guy. He said, huh, okay, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever taken something that isn't yours? 
He's like, well, yeah, it happens at work or, you know, whatever. He's like, okay, well, that means you're a thief. Have you ever thought lustfully about a woman? Because according to Jesus, that means you are an adulterer. And he's like, well, come on. He's like, I'm a man. Of course, that's happened. And he's like, okay, all right. So, Oh, and by the way, have you ever told a lie? Ever? you ever not told the truth? And he's like, well, yeah. And he's like, so you're a lying, thieving adulterer. You know what? You don't sound that decent to me. Maybe it's time you go back to the sacrament. We are all in need of healing. And even though you might not receive a physical healing, the healing that you receive in the sacrament of confession is knowing that you are loved no matter what. And quite honestly, you guys, that's better than physical healing. To know you're loved. It's what we all want. And once we have it, we're free. It may take a while, but go. And eventually you, me, we will be healed. Because ultimately, that is God's greatest desire for all of us.